Good afternoon, Packers fans. Welcome to your Packers Daily Chat, coming to you live on the Cheesehead TV social channels, live from the Sheraton in downtown Indianapolis. The NFL scouting kick combine kicking off tomorrow, Tuesday morning, bright and early. Local media from Green Bay will be assembled at 845 to speak with Brian Gutekunst, and then Goody will take the stand, the podium, if you will, at 10 a.m. local time, and I'm sure we'll have lots to talk about after Gutekunst speaks into several microphones at once and disseminates whatever information uh, prior to the kind of start, kickoff, if you will, of all the prospects, running, jumping, climbing trees, doing all that fun stuff they'll be doing later in the week. I am here throughout Thursday. Bill Schmid from 97.3 The Game will be joining me tomorrow. Uh, he gets in town tonight. We'll be doing Care of the G live from Radio Row here in Indianapolis at the Convention Center. Going to be a lot of fun. Thanks to everybody here for tuning in. Got a bunch of people already lining up and chatting. So good to see all the regulars. The scouting combine, I do want to kind of note, because I talked about this with Billy on the radio last week, and I just want to kind of say it here for our Packers Daily viewers and listeners. I understand the misgivings about the combine and how valuable it may or may not be. But you have to remember what it is born out of, which is a centralized area for all 32 teams to gather and get the information necessary when it comes to each and every prospect that is invited, when it comes to medical, uh, being able to interview face-to-face -face all of these young men, um, and the athletic testing, obviously, which is the thing that has become kind of the face of the combine, and the NFL has produced and entertainment around it, but never lose sight of the fact that there is value in what happens in Indianapolis this week. Uh, along with those things, there's, of course, the collection of essentially every agent, all 32 teams and their personnel people, decision makers for all the teams, all in a uh, five, eight block radius in Indianapolis throughout a week where lots of work will get done, lots of conversations will be had. The framework for deals will start to get put in place. We'll start to get information. Undoubtedly, it will start to leak out over the course of the next couple of days, um, some more significant than others. Uh, don't get caught up in the, uh, the circus that the NFL has created around what is a very important event. You know, there's value here as far as getting every player's, you know, athletic testing and medical all within a scouting report that each team will then have access to throughout the life of that player's NFL career, uh, something they'll build on throughout that guy's career. It's all valuable. Now, is it worth the pomp and circumstance that has, you know, turned into the NFL network coverage of the combine? Yeah, probably not. And I do think that's why you've seen, you've already seen today, we've had a number of high profile guys uh, indicate or, you know, their representation has leaked that they won't be working out uh, here in Indy. Um, you know, we already knew Cooper DeGene was not going to be working out, but that's due to the fact that he's coming off an injury. But, you know, Marvin Harrison Jr., a uh, few others already we know, some of the top wide receivers won't be working out in Indy. Lots of them will be working out their pro day. When that's kind of the trend here now, right, where you don't get a ton of the top guys. Though I will say um, it sounds like, most of the quarterbacks will be throwing, which is good. Um, still, I obviously don't know about any and all, but um, that's the early indication, which is always great. Um, but most of that stuff, I'll be home to watch it on television, just like all of you. This first part is all about 
catching up, seeing people from all over the NFL, both, you know, on the league side and the team side and all of the agents and financial advisors and things like that. And of course, tons of media people to catch up with. So it's always a great week. I always learn a lot. I always renew some really old and appreciated acquaintances. And I always want to be able to give you guys everything uh, that's going on and give you kind of a, you know, sneak peek, peek in, so to speak, at everything that's transpiring uh, across Indianapolis this week. Speaking of Indianapolis, if you are in town or live in the area, I am having a meetup on Wednesday evening, 7.30 p.m. at the District Tap, the downtown District Tap uh, here in Indy. So 7.30 p.m. If you're in Indianapolis, come on through, grab a beer, talk some Packers. It's going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait. Wednesday night, 7.30, downtown Indy, District Tap. Be there, folks. Hello to everybody in the content comment section. So good to see you all. People, what's up? Amar starting us off. What's up, Amar? How you doing, man? Thanks for being a Care of the G Club member and a Patreon member. You're my boy. Woo, my boy in Indy. Need a selfie with Cecil ASAP. Can't wait for the deets this week. Rumor mill going to be popping. Enjoy, brother. Man, Cecil Lammy is the OG. He's one of the very first people I ever started kind of interacting with online about the NFL, like way old school days when I first kind of started like perusing the football guys for him. That was a long time ago. Um, Love Cecil. We'll definitely run into him at some point this week. Um, And we'll get you that selfie. No doubt about it. Jeezy baby. What's going on, man, man, lost Saban, Belichick, Peter King and Carol all in one postseason. change is going to come. As Sam cook said, hashtag go pack, go have fun this week. Yeah. Peter King. Uh, in his morning column, this you know, or dropped earlier this morning, Monday morning, uh, retiring, hanging him up, moving on. Man, a titan, a true titan. And as I said on Twitter, I, I'm greatly appreciated, appreciative of how good he was to me when I was at Sports Illustrated. I was very much the young new guy between him and Don Banks. They were incredibly nice and incredibly helpful. Um to the point where, like anything going on with the Packers, they were always texting or calling me and asking, so what do you think about this? And wh- how do you think this kind of affects things w- one way or the other and blah, blah, blah. And they were always very, very, very um, open and helpful for a guy who had just come in to help on the video side, which was all very new and very different from what they had been doing. Um, Peter was always great. And he's still, to this day, every year I see him at Packers camp. It's always great to catch up. Um, Man, I tell you, it's it's a crazy, crazy kind of moment, right? You're talking about all those, you know, legendary coaches, and then Peter also kind of riding off into the sunset. You know, football and the coverage game has certainly changed, and it is a very different game. And the media landscape is very different. The fact that I'm talking to you right now from my hotel room in Indianapolis is a little different than what was going on even ten years ago. You know, so yeah, Peter's a legend, no no question about it. Nick D, what's going on, man? Thanks for the super chat. I feel like with Mike Neal's strength, if he would have bulked up to 320, 330 pounds, he would have been a better career. Go Pack. Man, this is why I love this chat. Only on Packers Daily can you get a random Mike Neal super chat. I mean, yeah, sure, if he, he would have bulked up, sure, probably would have helped. Um, always interesting to see how quickly he just kind of faded and fell off the radar, not only from the Packers, but the NFL in general, but... Yeah, I always thought he was underappreciated. I don't know how much more of a ceiling he had, but um, he was a good player. Better than probably most remember. Menace, what's going on, man? 
Random Packer of the Day, Travis Jervy. You know, is Travis Jervy really random, though? At this point, he's kind of like a cult hero. You know, the fact that most nerd Packers fans like ourselves, you know, you say Travis Jervy, you already are thinking about that, you know, lion or tiger or whatever he had in his room at his house that he kept as a pet. You know, like pretty much everybody knows Travis. I sold Travis Jervy a shirt at the polo store in Oshkosh. True story. So, you know, Travis Jervy, is that that random? Come on, let's do better. No no shade, Menace, but let's do better. Matthew, what's going on, man? Evening, Nags. Hope you are well. I really hope we continue to build the trenches in the draft. Unlucky yesterday. You should have scored 10. Go back, go. You know, why you got to go there, man? I was having a perfectly fine day. And then you had to remind me of that Chelsea match. That ain't nice. That ain't right. I mean, we're great until it's time to score. And then we're not so great. That's frustrating. As far as the trenches in the draft, yes, 1,000% agree. I've talked about it here. I'm all in on, you know, needing new corners and new safeties. Safeties, obviously, a position of need in this draft. I have no qualms about it. But I will not bat an eyelid, not for a second, if they continue to build up front along the defensive line or the offensive line. I am totally fine. Um, I know our good pal Joey at underage Packers um, was kind of positing this morning about everyone possibly freaking out if the Packers took some unsexy tackle at 25 um, rather than all of the guys we've seen already being mocked to the Packers repeatedly throughout the last month or so. Entirely possible, right? And I, I am totally fine with it. Absolutely. You win in the trenches. You win by controlling the line of scrimmage. I'm all for it. Giddy up. Let's do it. What else we got here, folks? Don't want to miss anybody. Brandy's here. Hi, Brandy. John, random packer of the day, David Whitehurst. See, John, that's how I know you're not a Patreon member. Because if you were, and you were a regular, you know, presence in our weekly happy hour, which, by the way, will be on Thursday evening uh, this week, uh, David Whitehurst gets talked about all the time. In fact, it's a bit of a battle royale between Soder and Corey regarding David Whitehurst. So. A good, a good, a good attempt. But Whitehurst is talked about quite a bit. George, thanks for the super sticker. Appreciate you, man. Oh, someone said Tom Grossi is going to be in town. I know. Tom and I texted yesterday. I'm going to definitely see him at some point this week. Cannot wait to see my guy. Tom Grossi. That's NFL fan of the year, Tom Grossi, to you, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much. Sean Gallagher, thanks for the super chat. What's the next infrastructure project you'd want and think the Packers will do? Maybe north end zone seating or more car parks, extend Titletown? Well, I think it's going to be extend Titletown. And I know that they've bought the land kitty corner from Lambeau um, across the street from where like um, Titletown essentially is now uh, on the other side of Lombardi, that whole area where that um, uh, funeral home is there. They've bought that a good chunk of that. So I suspect they'll be expanding out on the other side of Lombardi soon enough. Um, Other than that, you know, that's the major driver, right? That's where you're going to be generating revenue, local revenue that the Packers don't have to share with the other teams. They get to keep it. So I I suspect, um, I don't know about a north 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 end zone expansion. I don't know. I mean, I guess it's possible. The Packers already have one of the... uh, highest capacity stadiums in in the league 
you know, insert joke about how there's nothing else to do in Green Bay and Wisconsin. So everyone goes to the game, et cetera, et cetera. But, um, you know, it's already pretty large. So, I mean, it's possible. We know they've got the waiting list and it's entirely, you know, I'm not going to say easily, but, you know, they can fill it up. There's no doubt about that. But, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if they'll go that route anytime soon. We'll see. Marshall, thanks for the super chat. I've been out of the loop for the past week. What do you think the best course of action for the Bakhtiari situation? Feels like I've talked about this every day since the end of the uh, end of the season. Um, it's a good question. We got into, speaking of the happy hour, the happy hour last week ended on a very heated debate regarding Bakhtiari. It really gets people's juices flowing. Look, I understand the financial aspect of it has most people in this modern era that we live in where everyone is concerned about the salary cap and what players are making, what their contract is, what they're worth. Everyone has a pretty strong opinion about it, but I'm fine either way. I understand there is a dispassionate, reasonable case to be made for, yeah, it's probably have to adjust, not only adjust his contract, but if they can't get a significant adjustment for what he's slated to be making, probably they're going to release him. He'll be on his way and they'll move ahead. Right. But I also won't be upset if they figure something out and the Packers and David come to an agreement where they adjust the contract, maybe reduce his cap hit and they roll with him at left tackle for the next X number of years. Right. Of course, it's going to be a probably a significant investment. He's David fucking Bakhtiari. He's going to be a Hall of Famer. And he's a, what, five-time All-Pro. You've seen when he's on the field, he's still that guy. There's zero doubt about it. He's still that great. The question is, is he healthy? Can he stay healthy? We all know this. I understand there's lots of Packers fans who have lost their appetite for that potential risk, right? For me, I love him. He's a great player. I want him on my team. I don't give a crap about the financials. I mean, the Packers literally just dealt with a $40 million cap hit for a dude who didn't play for them last year. All last season in 2023, they were carrying a $40 million cap hit for Aaron Rodgers. I'm fine having to deal with whatever the cap hit is for David Bakhtiari to actually play for my favorite team. Because he's one of my favorite players, and he's really fucking good. So I get it. I, I Like I said, I understand I am very, you know, I guess on the emotional side here, as far as I am invested in Dave. I really like Dave. I think he's a great player. He's a great dude. He's been a really great Packer. I want him to retire as a member of the Green Bay Packers. I also understand that's probably not going to happen. That's fine. It's all good. All good in the hood. Um, remember the rumor Eric Tarkelson was related to Peter Tork of the Monkees. That is the most random thing I've ever read on this chat. That's pretty good. Uh, what's this? Nags, did you remember to pack sunscreen? We'll hit 70 degrees in Indy. It was like 69 today. What the hell, Indianapolis? And it's going to be really warm tomorrow, and then it's going to rain, and then guess what? On Wednesday, it's going to snow. <laughs> I love that. I love being back in the Midwest. It's great. Happy to be back. <laughs> oh, it's so good. William, thanks for the super chat. 
I'm all for Bakhtiari staying dude's a baller. I also like the center from Oregon. I think he'd be an upgrade over Myers. Also, random packer Tobin Rote. Ooh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah, I like uh, the center, too. Oregon kid is really good. Um, but, yeah, uh, I think they like Myers. So we'll see. He's got one more year left on his deal. He's cheap labor. Maybe he gets extended. I, that wouldn't surprise me at all. We shall see. Didn't Dave try to run you over? No, Mr. Mikey Riggs. That was uh, TJ Lang. Cheeto, 69. Nice. Well played. Mimsy, how you doing, man? Is the Go Pack Go song from the SNL Shane Gillis sketch a real thing? I felt crazy watching that. Never heard it in my life. Go, go Brewers, fire up the grills. I got to be honest, haven't seen it. Uh, the sketch. Um, I, I heard he made fun of Packers fans. Which, you know, what do you expect from a pig but a grunt? I don't know. I don't find the dude funny, so I didn't tune in. But, uh, so, uh, yeah, if you guys want to send me that song, I'll, I'll let you know. <laughs> Sean, what's going on, man? What's the feeling about this class? Seems weak. What did you think of Warner's comments about the state of the college game? Hard to disagree. I'm really glad you brought that up, Sean. Um, you know, You know, guys, when it comes to the NFL draft and assessing the class and the prospects and whatever – Man, don't listen to me. I talk to people who do this for a living, like uh, the, the Daniel Jeremiah's or the Matt Miller's of the world. Um, it, it's strong at points, just like every other season. I don't know about deep. Um, that seems to be in the eye of the beholder. Um, but I, as far as Kurt Warner's comments, um, if you guys didn't see it, I believe it was on Saturday, he was tweeting out about how difficult it was to evaluate college quarterbacks in particular because of the fact that so much of what they do is off schedule and very rarely, you know, bearing any kind of realistic kind of relationship to what they're going to be asked to do in the NFL. And I very much agree with him as far as, yeah, it's hard to get a bead. And it's really hard when you're going through a game, two games, three games, but you're only finding like a handful of snaps where it's like, okay, that's, you know, he read the backside safety right and he ripped it to his second read and the all this stuff that you're going to want them to do on the regular and the NFL. But in college, it's, you know, a lot of spreads still, although there's lots of running as well, you know, and when things break down, they're just running around and making things happen because, you know, the defense isn't quite as fast, not quite as physical. So you can make some plays in college that you're never going to be able to make in the NFL. So to find things that show off the traits within the structure of an NFL type offense, it's tough. It's tough. Now, all of that said, I think some of the people coming back at Kurt about it, you know, I get it. It's not the college coach's job to get these guys ready for the NFL. Like, yes, they'll showcase them and they'll certainly put them in the best positions they possibly can to succeed and be productive and whatever. But that's in the framework of winning football games in college. You know what I mean? Like these guys, as far as college coaches go, man, they got so much going on, especially now with NIL and all the transfer portal stuff. I mean, you know, I'm not worried about what he's going to be doing once he gets to the league or what those guys think while watching him trying to assess him. I'm trying to win a damn game. So, I mean, yeah, it's an, it's a tough kind of aspect of the scouting process, but that's also why, it's a fucking grind, man. That's why these guys are professionals that do this. They're not doing it 
for the media. They're not doing it for some YouTube channel, you know. They're doing it as their livelihood, trying to break this stuff down snap by snap every single game, trying to get a bead on who is going to be, you know, able to be developed at the next level. And by they, I mean scouts, right? NFL scouts. Oh, boy. What do we got here? I don't know what this spam on Facebook is, but it's going to stop right now. Boom. Look at that. Random Packer, Robert Ferguson. Ooh, that's a good one. That's a good one. I like that. Robert Ferguson. You talk about a guy who never reached his potential. He was like ultimate tease, man. He'd have a game where, okay, you think he's putting it together. Mike Sherman, maybe going to trust him a little bit more. And then, yowza. Yikes. Robert Ferguson. That's a good one. Kenny Illis, random Packer. That's a good one. Um, Mags, which drills, events do you like to watch? QB throwing, three cone, or dot, dot, dot? It's a good question. I mean, I like the bench press for all the guys just because of the camaraderie and everyone's like really rooting for everyone else to do really super, you know, do as well as possible. And they're very vocal about it. Um, you know, it's most of the, most of the on-field drills, you know, I, some of the wide receiver stuff, I like to see how they get in and out of their breaks and things of that, that nature, but it's tough. And this is one of the reasons guys have stopped doing as much and participating as much because especially in the passing game, which the NFL is all about, you know, the quarterback and the wide receivers are so rarely on the same page. You saw that really come to light during the senior bowl this year. Uh, there's just hard times getting these guys like the timing isn't there, which is expected, right? They haven't worked together at all. Kind of now thrown into the mix together in front of the entire NFL world and now on NFL network. Right. So that is the stuff that I would be most interested in, but it's hard to really see them kind of sync up. Now, every once in a while, you'll see a guy, you know, uncork one as a quarterback or you know make a really nice kind of catch you know but for the most part you know it's just data collection that's what it's about right when you're doing the 40 yard dash or the three cone drill you're just collecting data which is necessary that's what i was talking about at the top of the stream here but nothing that really makes me jump out of my chair or anything like that you know marshall what's going on man random packer lester armbutch archambault Archambault. That's, I'm going to have to look that one up. Can't say I'm very familiar. Oh, this is a good one. Robert, random Packer, Kurt Warner. Well played. Well played. Was certainly in Packers camp for one summer. Brandon, what's going on? Can you explain why the 4-3 is much more likely for Gary LVN to have hands in the dirt versus 3-4 edge standing up? Why it's more likely? Well, by the nature of the scheme for down linemen has those two guys on the edge with their hand in the dirt, hence down linemen. Um, I don't think it's going to be strictly that, but I think you're going to see them with their hand in the dirt quite a bit, especially on early downs. Um, now there's different ways you can employ them, you know, but as far as like their split from the guys inside from the defensive tackles or what you're asking them to do as far as maybe get out on a wide nine in certain areas. But yeah, essentially, you know, the three, four is you've got those guys standing up so they can turn their hips and run if necessary. And we saw lots of that with Preston Smith, a little bit with Rashawn Gary, though not a ton and a little bit with LVN. But for the most part, I think we're going to see them, you know, hand in the dirt, getting upfield 
the majority of the time, again, especially on early downs. Uh, Andrew, what's going on, man? Random Packer, Amari Rogers. Saw he is in the UFL now. Apparently no one could make him work. His subway door closing moment has to be us signing Cobb. Feel for the guy. Yeah, it's always going to be tough. I'm always going to wonder what would have happened if Cobb hadn't been traded for, you know. is no question that uh, I'm not going to say his development was stunted, but he never really got an opportunity outside of returning kicks, which he was never good at, you know. And it was very clear that Rodgers had you know, no interest in bringing the kid along. So, you know, you get you get to the point where now you, you're a couple years in and people have drafted a bunch of other classes behind you. And I know he caught on with the Texans, caught a touchdown his first week in Houston, but, you know, never really gotten cracked the rotation there. And then they bring in new, you know, coaching staff and a new system, new offense and new quarterback, and they turn the page there. So, yeah, it's not like he had – some insane athletic skill sets that you're thinking, oh, what could have been? But I do wonder, and I think it is a pretty good example of situation playing into a guy's career or lack thereof. You know, I think if he hits the ground running in Green Bay, who knows? You never really know. Uh, Desmond Bishop was not a tease, correct. But his severe hammy injury took away his juice. I love these just... We got we got random Packer scouting reports from the past in here. I like it. Uh, watch out for Jaden Reed. Mm-hmm. That's right. Chuck Mercine. That's a good one, Scotty. I like that one. It's time to sign BJ Raji out of retirement. Oh, there we go. Now it's officially a Packers daily chat. Brandon Miller. Thanks for the super chat. Sorry, 4-3 scheme in nickel still runs edge with hand and dirt more often, to my knowledge, than 3-4 edge when in nickel. Happily mistaken if so. Well, no, yeah, 100%. 4-3. you got a 4-3 and you're in nickel, you're going to be in a two-down lineman situation. But don't tell Matt LaFleur that. Um, it really depends on the opponent, I would, I would suspect, right? If you're in nickel, so to speak, and you bring in that, obviously, that extra defensive back traditionally you're losing a linebacker you're not losing a defensive end you're still playing with those four guys with their hands in the dirt uh, now they're going to be this is why like i don't want people to like blow this into like oh it's going to be completely different because i think there's going to be aspects that you're going to see similarities to what we've seen over the course of the last two defensive coordinators simply because halfley has you know, background and experience and he mentioned this type of thing in his press conference in rex ryan's scheme a lot of the blitz packages, a lot of the pressure packages come out of what Rex did in, ergo, Mike Pettin did. We all remember Mike in Green Bay. So I think there's going to be times where they're mixing and matching. And yes, when they go to nickel, they'll still have four down linemen dependent on the opposing offense. Now, if they think whatever that opponent is doing, they can get, you know, or maybe confuse the quarterback a little bit more or play with their kind of tendencies and their keys a little bit better. They're going to have times where they'll probably have guys standing up, whether it is LVN or Rashawn Gary. But if they're doing certain stuff out of their kind of 4-3 base, even if – or not even base, but 4-3 nickel, you know, so they've got a linebacker off and they got the nickel back in, but those four guys still hand in the dirt, getting upfield, maybe running a stunt, who knows. But there's going to be a lot of mixing and matching. That's my guess right now. You know, there's never – it's never – and this – happens all the time like 
when people start talking about, you guys know, I've talked about this forever, talking about wide receiver one. Like there's like who like there's no such thing in Green Bay right now. We all know that. And there doesn't need to be. You know, a lot of times we're kind of locked in with like fantasy or Madden. I'm not saying that's what you're suggesting, but you know, these kind of rigid ways of thinking. And man, this stuff is fluid, especially in this day and age where specialization and matchups drive everything. And you've got to be able to be malleable. And that's some of the stuff that, you know, kind of let the Packers down with Joe Barry. So I do think you're going to see a lot more four-man fronts, but I also think we'll see a smattering of, you know, old-school 3-4 stuff, especially when it comes to the pressure packages. I think that's going to be when it's time to get after the quarterback, as Jeff was talking about in his presser. Mimsy, what's up, man? Did Ron Swanson overhype St. Elmo Steakhouse? <laughs> I don't know about overhyped. Um, it's a must. I'm going tomorrow night. Like, you can't come to Indy and not go. Like, I'm not going to talk about whether it's better, worse than wherever, or, or anything about, like, you know, is it overrated, underrated? I don't care about any of that. It's a staple. It's a classic. You got to go. And I love it. That's all I really care about. All right, buddy. I got to get going. I cannot thank you enough for hanging out, talking Packers each and every day, Monday through Friday, right here on the Cheesehead TV social channels. Please do me a monster favor. Hit like on the video, subscribe to the channel, and then tell your friends and tell your family. Cheesehead TV, we are devoted to Green Bay Packers fans worldwide. I'll be back tomorrow from Radio Row. Billy and I will be on the radio at some point. I'm not even sure what time yet, but we'll let you know. Watch my socials. I'll undoubtedly have it here streaming on the YouTube channel, so be sure you check it out here or on the radio in the Milwaukee, Wisconsin area. Um, and then, yeah, Packers Daily will be back tomorrow afternoon. Thanks so much, everybody. Have a great night. Hit like, hit subscribe. Go Pack Go.